Welcome to the Strongstown United Methodist Church. Join us for worship each Sunday morning at 11. Here's this week's message. So our scripture reading from the Old Testament is from the book of Jeremiah. We're still in Jeremiah, the crying prophet as we know him. And so we are in chapter 8, verses 18 through, it's actually 18 through 9-1. Um, there's a misprint there, 9-2. So it's through 9-1. Chapter 8, 18-9-1. Through 9-1. Oh, my comforter, in sorrow my heart is faint within me. Listen to the cry of my people from a land far away. Is the Lord not in Zion? Is her king no longer here? Why have they provoked me to anger with their images, with their worthless foreign idols? The harvest is past, the summer has ended, and we are not saved. Since my people are crushed, I am crushed. I mourn, and horror grips me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why it, then is there no healing for the wound of my people? Oh, that my head were a spring <coughs> of water and my eyes a fountain of tears. I would weep day and night for the slain of my people. Now our New Testament reading is in the Gospel of Luke. We are in chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. Chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. Jesus told his disciples, There was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, What is this I hear about you? Give an accounting of your management because you cannot be man manager any longer. The manager said to himself, What shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each one of his master's debtors. He asked the first one, how much do you owe my master? 800 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly and make it 400. Then he asked the second, how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill, make it 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than, the than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, 
or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful to be here today in fellowship to worship you together. Holy Spirit, open our eyes and our ears and our hearts and our minds to the message that you have for each and every one of us. Pour out the full measure that you have upon each and every one of us. And may the words that I say here today be your words and not my own. For the glory and honor of your Son, Jesus Christ, in his name we pray. Amen. So we've talked about loving Jesus and how we should be loving him more than we love anything else on this planet, right? Now, when we think of how much we love our family and our kids and and so on, and, and that feeling that wells up inside of us, when we think about how much we love Jesus, the feeling should be even more than that, right? And we find that our love of God is so much more than our love of anything on this planet, right? Our family, our sports, our coffee, our relaxed time, like our love of Jesus and our Lord should be so much more than that. And we see here in Jeremiah giving us an example of how we should be loving our neighbor. Like we know that intellectually the command of love your neighbor as yourself sounds great. Right? Like intellectually, like, yeah, that sounds really good. Like that's a good thing we should be doing. Like love God, love your neighbor. Yep, got that. But do we really know how? And our sacred text gives us role models to follow, it gives us real life examples of how we should do everything that we're commanded to do. And Jeremiah shows us what it looks like. My grief is beyond healing. My heart is broken. My heart is faint within me. My joy is gone. Grief is upon me. My heart is sick. These are expressions of personal pain. Pain Jeremiah is feeling because people are sinning. Because the world is broken. Have you ever asked God to break your heart for the world he loves? Have you ever asked God to break your heart for the world he loves? This world here, our Savior loves. You know, last week we talked about him seeking the one. Who's your one? This world he loves, the people in it, the creatures in it, the plants in it, the water in it, the stones in it, the air in it, the clouds. This world he loves. And have you ever asked him to break your heart for the world he loves? We've all had broken hearts. And it feels awful, doesn't it? That feeling of I can't eat, I can't sleep, that sucking awful feeling inside of you. But when the Lord breaks your heart for his world, it comes with passion, it comes with drive, it comes with energy. 
like Jeremiah. It comes with fire. It comes with purpose. It comes with asking, lead me. Lead me where you want me to go. Show me what you want me to do. So when we ask the Lord to break our heart for the world he loves, we ask him to show us where he wants us to shine the love of Christ into this world. And Jesus tells us, use the blessings that God has given you to bring people into his kingdom. Use your worldly wealth to bring people into his kingdom, right? And, and as the scripture says, and when they die before you, then they're gonna be in heaven bringing you into the kingdom of heaven, right? As we use this church here, as we use this community here to bring people in to the experience, the love of Christ. You know, so often we use that phrase, for the love of God, in an angry way, right? For the love of God, in a wonderful way. For the love of God, why are you doing this for me? For the love of Christ, I'm doing this for you. Why are you being kind to me? For the love of Christ drives me to do for you because he did for me what I didn't deserve it, right? Christ died for me and I didn't deserve it. And I will give to you without thought of whether you deserve it, right? So that passion, my heart is broken for the world my Savior loves. This broken world out there that my Savior loves, I ask him to show me how to love it, how to love people, how to love his creation. Break my heart, dear Jesus, for the people that you love. Because I can't do it. I need my Savior to do it for me. And then I need him, the Holy Spirit, to show me how to love what he loves in the way that I can with the blessings that he's given me and the gifts and talents that I was woven together with. I now invite you to sing our closing hymn, number 170.